everybody, this is Tracy, and I'm delighted you've joined me for this episode of Good Life Stories. I created this podcast because I believe we are all seeking connection, and what better way to do that than through story? So get ready. These stories are meant to suck you in. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Hey, everybody. This is Tracy Crowley, your host of Good Life Stories. Today is our final segment with Rory Miller, and today you're going to hear him talk about a good uh, female self-defense teacher, as well as uh, why he hates MacGyver. So, for our last episode with Rory, enjoy. And then my other question for you that I would love, you know, you and I have talked about women's self-defense a lot. And I remember, you know, once when I talked to you about like, it was kind of why you didn't or wouldn't want to teach women self-defense. And mostly because you said you had, you knew people who did it better, Mm -hmm. but like, if you were going to give, like, if I was going to just kind of have you give my, my listeners, like the, the five minutes on where they should go to learn good stuff about women's self-defense, where would you send them? Um, I would send them, there's a uh, 500 rising. So, uh, oh, how much backstory? So that's, I already mentioned Tammy. Go ahead. Like, okay. I love that. I mean, cause I feel like, yeah. And you should, I feel like too, your you perspective on yeah. self-defense is so different. Wait, what's her name again? Tammy Yard McCracken. Tammy? Tammy. Tammy. Okay. And it's a hyphenated last name, Yard and McCracken. So she was one of the senior instructors at a very large Krav Maga organization. One of her colleagues recommended she reach out to me. So she did just a cold call. And we wound up talking for hours. So she's got the rough, tough yeah. Krav Maga background, but she is a small yeah. woman. So she's had to use a lot of common sense. W- when you get into any military-based art, it was designed for 18 to 20-year-old men in the best shape of their lives. So you can, if they have enough mm-hmm. spree and they're in good enough shape, <laughs> they don't have to be efficient and they don't have to be cunning. Right. If you're tiny and you're trying to use the same stuff, you have to be supremely efficient. You have to be really cunning. And so that's, that's Tammy's perspective. It's, and she went through all the, the trial by fire and all the stuff that the, the tough schools like to do. But at the same time, she's going, yeah. I can't make this work. I'm not tall enough. I'm not big enough. This is, works on someone your own size, not on someone twice yeah. your size. So she, she kept looking at through that filter and kept right. changing it. And then she started working um, we started working together and, and, you know, I'm really big on efficiency. You know, what's, what's the biggest effect you can get with the least effort in the yes. second. And she yeah. liked that. And the other thing is her previous instructors didn't have any, had never really worked out the principles. They, they talked about principles, but they couldn't list them. And so we started working on the principles because those are the best way to make things more efficient. You know, how do I use gravity here? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's what's maximum leverage in this technique? How can I tweak that? Then, when the Me Too movement started, she wrote a a beautiful <laughs> yeah. blog post about how hashtags don't change anything. 
You can sit there and say, hashtag me too, too, blue in the face, and it's not going to save anybody. Um, But in her blog, she said, and I'm kind of quoting her, if you give me 500 women, I will train them and they will train 500 and they will train, they will each train 500. And eventually we'll get to a critical mass where it's not safe to attack any woman. And someone said, nice words, dirty double dog dare you to actually do it. And she did. And it's, it's one of the, I'm super spoiled. I I don't like most classes I go to or most seminars. Um, but I went to her introductory yes. <laughs> seminar. Yeah, you you heard me rant about some of them. But I went to her introductory seminar, and it was <laughs> excellent material and excellent material on how to teach, specifically how to teach women. When you're teaching the material and how to teach at the same time, normally that would be so schizophrenic that people couldn't couldn't uh, internalize it. But testament to yeah. her as an instructor, she was able to pull it off. And it's, wow. in my opinion, absolutely the That's best That's such an achievement. Class. I mean, just yeah. huge. Yeah. So it's, it's absolutely nice. the best class on women's self-defense I've ever seen, taken, or even heard of. Nothing is even in the ballpark. Nice. So, nice. And I know a lot of people teach self-defense, and I'm sorry, so, but you don't do it nearly as well as she does. No, I've, I've, I've tried to go to, oh, I don't know, I've probably been to like seven and they, to be frank, they all just sucked and were stupid. They, yeah. they, they, you know, the, the guy in the stupid suit and, you know, they don't yeah. really teach you anything. I mean, I learned more about how to keep myself safe by reading your books mm-hmm. than anything else. You know, yeah. the, which book is it where you talk about the freeze thing where you jump in, where you recommend jumping in water? Probably facing violence. Do you remember which one that is? Probably. That's facing violence. One. Yeah. Because like, yeah, but like that book talking about how, you know, if you want to train yourself out of the freeze reflex, mm-hmm. that the best way to do that is to go find cold water and just walk into it. Just don't, don't mm-hmm. stop. But like just that, how do you get that freeze playing with that freeze reflex because I feel like that's the thing that in the situations I've run into in my life, that's what got me into more trouble was the freeze. Uh, there, there's yeah. some people that one, one of the things I haven't written about yet, but it's been bouncing in the back of my head is, yeah, is walking out the difference between a freeze and hitting a dissociative state. Cause they, they look exactly the same on the outside. But there are a lot of implications when you yeah. look at the differences. And, you know, and, and for the listener, dissociative state is yeah. one of those places where you feel like you're outside your body, where whatever's happening to you is, is not happening to yeah. you. It's just happening to a hunk of meat that you're looking at. Um, and that's, that's got some really yeah. powerful psychological advantages, but also implies a lot of things that are very different. So anyway, don't know how I got in that yeah. tangent, but there you go. I look, that's okay. I, I, I look forward to reading that. That'll be amazing. So another thing you it. could check out is um, every year in Minnesota, we do a, a seminar called Violence Dynamics. It's in October. But we have, uh, I'm one of the instructors. Uh, Casey Kakaisen is a uh, SWAT sniper team leader um, and like six degree black belts in judo, aikido, and maybe karate. Can't remember. Uh, Randy... Yeah. is a yeah a longtime bar bouncer but tammy is also one of the senior instructors there 
and uh, she's got some very oh, nice. anyway. But it's it's basically for people that are not just because that's another thing. None of these people are just trained; they're all experienced. And it's it's right. four days of what we think are the most important things to know. And it's turned into a little tribe. That sounds it's amazing. Most of the students repeat at this point. So that that's yeah. another one. If if someone wants an introduction to the whole universe of violence to the best of our abilities, that's a good place. You know, and I think one of the most fascinating things, you know, because I I feel so spoiled because I've gotten to know you for so many years and have listened to the discussions, you know, just sitting over whiskey in our house. But like when I when I try and bring up the topic of learning about violence, mm -hmm. I get so much resistance because when I bring it up, it's like people seem to think that I'm somehow saying that like I want more violence or that violence is good somehow. And like mm -hmm. violence isn't necessarily good or bad in my opinion, what I'm, yeah. what I'm thinking about it in this context, just sort of the understanding violence period just like what you what you yeah. talk about i find absolutely fascinating because it's so much of our psychology and we need to understand it just because we live in this kind of you know bubble wrap society doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and yeah. we don't need to understand it yeah it's a, it's a i on one, so, on one perspective do. it's a tool and if if a tool's out there and you choose not to use it have i told you why i hate macgyver no tell me <laughs> okay. So, so the thing is he's in a job where people occasionally try to kill him and there's a tool that's appropriate right. for that job, but he refuses to use the tool because he doesn't yep. like it. He still blows people up every episode, but he does it with, with bubble gum and bailing wire. Yeah. Um, so he gets to the same effect, but without using right. the right tool. <laughs> um, this would be like a surgeon telling you, I, I really don't like knives. So I'm going to use a rusty tin can lid. But not only did he make, <laughs> did he base his entire character on being choosing to be um, unprepared, but he made it seem morally superior to choose to be unprepared. That's one of the dumbest messages I've ever heard sent to anybody anywhere at any time. And uh, and hat tip to Kathy Jackson because yeah. she's the one that pointed it out to me. It's. There's no other place where it's morally superior to be unprepared. But whenever people start talking about violence, they start thinking that ignorance is morally superior. Yes. And it's so annoying. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, it's, yeah. yeah. I, no I get, no one get, should ever be proud of I get of their tired ignorance. of people, you know, and. Yeah. No. And like, I think one of the things that I enjoyed when I talked to Maya about some of this, um, I find I, I love that I got her to share her chick on the couch story. That's one of mm -hmm. my favorites. Um, but just being able to talk to another woman who's talking about the realities of martial arts and especially with her working with live blade and things like that, you know, there is no like halfway, you know, you're bleeding or you're not bleeding. If you're bleeding, it's bad, you mm -hmm. know, and that, women are not designed to take the same abuse that men are like i can't no. you you know you and i fighting i lose you know unless i know some really tricky stuff from tammy you know well, but in the sense of just for the physicalness of how my body's made yeah that, well and, and there's so much in there because a you know 
genetically evolutionary. Men are disposable. W- women aren't. Yeah. And there's also one of the things, yeah. the, the first self-defense class I taught, I opened with women should not be taught to fight because fighting yeah. is inherently stupid and inefficient. You should leave that to the men. Women should be taught to assassinate. And, I like that. Right? <laughs> uh, a hunter will beat a killer almost every time. Yeah. But it's, and that's, that's the thing. No, you, you, the odds of you beating in a, me in a fight are very small. I'm, I'm bigger. I'm stronger. I've had, yeah, what, 42 years of training. <laughs> I don't know how many years. <laughs> and 18 years of direct experience using yeah. it. And, and that's a right. lot, that's a lot to overcome, but right. you could stick a knife in me when I'm not looking. There's nothing I could do. You, you can pop my eardrums, right? You can, you could collapse my throat. You could use a tool. You could take me out anytime you made the choice and it wouldn't matter how good I am or how big I am. Right. Right. Yeah. But that's, and so that, that mindset, and when it gets, again, when it gets to self-defense, it's more about avoidance than it is about, you know, by, by the time you get to the point, you got to go physical, things have already been pretty screwed up. So staying, staying off the list is way more important than recovery. Yes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And I feel like anytime I try and bring that topic up, that because the people are in the, oh, you're blaming the victim. I'm like, no, I'm not blaming the victim. But if you're in the wrong place at the wrong time, there were a lot of decisions that put you there. It's, it, and that's where it we have to divide. It wasn't one choice. And, not, and, and this is one of the conversations is really hard to have because everyone's emotions get involved. Every, every person who's been in a horrible situation, and I don't, I don't like the word victim, but I'm going to use it here for a second. Every victim plays it over and over and over in his or her yeah. head again. There's a huge yeah. difference between blame and responsibility. In the aftermath, yes. everything you look at that says, I could have done that differently. I could have done that differently. Those all increase your power and increase the odds of it not happening again. But if you hold off in the little, yeah. you don't, you don't want to, you call that blame and you don't want to blame the victim. So you don't think, you don't take any responsibility for it then that means that you have no control over it happening again. You're, you're, you're choosing to be victimized if the same situation happens again. And that, and again, super hard conversation to have because everyone's so emotionally involved in it. But the more you own anything in your past, the more you can control your future. And that, that's incredibly important. Yes. And I'm allowed to have the talk. Yeah. Right. And I feel like that, thank you for refining that because that, the difference between blame and responsibility, you know, because anytime, whether it was something that was really awful or not, anything, time something goes badly, whatever it is, yeah. you're always going to go over it again. And like you said, if you can figure out what it was that got you there, you cannot repeat it. The, and because that I, becomes a choice. Right. And, and the, one of the other things about this ways to phrase it is the outcome is improving the outcome is dependent on the target because the target is the only one who cares the problem with the bad guy is because i I get i get super pissed when i hear that women should not be taught to defend themselves men should be taught not to rape okay uh on one side when you're saying women shouldn't be taught to defend themselves you're saying you want them weak you want them permanent victims 
So fuck you on that. But more importantly, the problem has never been that men don't know not to rape. It's that the bad ones don't care. And you can't educate caring. Right. Yeah, it's it's not a matter of education. It's a matter yeah. of character. And and so anyway, in, in any yeah. bad situation, the only one that cares about the, the victim in that moment is the victim. And that puts all the responsibility on the victim or on the target, actually, in this case. Right. Because if you if you the leave target. the responsibility yeah. on the bad yeah. guy, then the bad guy's just going to do what he wants to do because he's a bad guy. He's a bad guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Don't try and make the bad guy into a good guy. Yeah. Not going to happen. Yeah. If you just point out, this is, this is a violation of the social contract. Why would he care? He's already decided to violate it. Yeah. So, no, but I will ask you, because I'm curious, because I know what I think the answer to this question is. Mm-hmm. What do you think your superpower is? Um, I, I, a, I think everyone has tons of superpowers. They just don't think of it that way. But I would say yes. that the one that I'm, I'm thinking about now is I tend to see things at the right magnification. So, want me to walk that out? Okay, that tell probably me more doesn't about mean that. Yes, um, please. So, if you look at any problem and you look into the details too hard, you look at it too close, you're never going to solve it because you'll never get around to it. There's always too much information. And if you look at it bigger than it, it or as if it's simpler than it is, you know, all we need to do to solve this problem is fix that you're going to make a whole bunch of mistakes and fuck up a lot of things you didn't see. And I've been pretty lucky at solving the problems in front of me without getting into the weeds so much I'm inactive or simplifying it so much that it's, that's useless or wrong. I think I've been really lucky at hitting the sweet spot. I love that. Yeah. Cause my, the way I was going to say that was observation, but yours is much more, nuanced which is well, what i expect <laughs> well, and, and nuance is everything half the time when someone says it's um, nuanced that means that they the answer they want is not the obvious one so they have to bring in a whole bunch of irrelevant details yeah. it, but one of the things i found out with the rookies is for observation and where it leads into this is rookies notice everything because they don't know what's not important yet and that filter is actually a bigger thing this is irrelevant to this question i don't i don't care what happened 2000 years ago you're hurting kids now yeah so you're the bad guy people that hurt kids are the bad guys doesn't matter if they feel like there's a historical justification that's irrelevant yes yeah 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 i love that okay and if you could get one thing done in the next year what would it be oh this is terrible because if i say it then i have to do it Okay, if I if I publicly say, well, uh-huh. this nope, is the, but this say. is the thing you want to do. This is the thing you want to do. Uh, <laughs> that that's a whole other long story about darkness and badness. Uh, the one thing that I should do, um, I'm, I've got three books I need to finish, but the one that I'm working on now is specifically about situational awareness. So. I like to get at least a draft of that oh, done. Yes, but please. Writing has been such a chore lately. I love it. Yeah. Well, maybe you need to come visit us. Okay. Have a writing weekend with Rob. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the fun, the, the <laughs> part of this book that fascinates me most is I don't know anyone 
writing for civilians who's ever done uh, anything on active intelligence gathering. And mo- it, half the people that do teach situation situational awareness are are hand wavy. You know, they say you know set a baseline and and notice yes. any any deviation from the baseline, but they never tell you how to set a baseline. So that's one of the first things. Yeah. But one of the others is how to find out which you need to know how to identify who has the information you need and how to get it from them. And I don't know of anyone who's done that for the civilian world written about that. So I'm, that's the part I'm really eager for. That will be wonderful to read. I look look forward to it. I hope so. It's, it's, (laughs) yeah, it's in my head. It's, it's, I love doing the class and it's a fun talk, but, but writing has become a chore lately for some reason. Interesting. Interesting. Well, you'll find your way. You'll find your way. You always do. So far. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm going to wrap it up there. Thank you, Rory, for spending some of your afternoon with me. This was awesome. Thanks so much for listening to Good Life Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode please visit our website at goodlifestories.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Please subscribe and consider rating and reviewing the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help others connect to us. Who do you know with a good life story? I would love to hear from you. Good Life Stories, creating connection one story at a time.